following podcast is a Honey Media production. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to Motherhood Interrupted. I am so happy to be here with you guys today. I hope you are enjoying your morning your afternoon, your drive, your walk, your run, whatever you're doing. I'm happy to be here with you guys today as always. So thank you so much for joining. I wanted to just kind of, you know, hang out a little bit. Now we have a lot to cover. So I will say this. I said it kind of at the back of the episode last week. There are huge, huge changes coming for Motherhood Interrupted and I'm going to be announcing things over probably the next week or so. We're finalizing some deal terms. Things are happening, and I'm super, super excited about it. So look forward to that. I'm really excited. I am super jazzed, and I really cannot wait to share what's happening with all of you guys, and I think you'll definitely see a huge difference um, on a lot of levels. So just stay tuned. I might be able to announce something as early as Friday, if not sometime next week, at least for kind of part of the changes that are coming. Okay, let's talk Super Bowl. How many of you actually watch, assuming most of you are women, how many of you actually watch football? That's what I really want to know. Can I'm going to put up a poll on my Instagram, but I have never been interested in football up until recently, and my son started playing football. I started listening to Kelly Stafford's The Morning After and hearing more about the history with Detroit. I have mutual friends with Jared Goff, and so like one of my colleagues from one of my old companies was his best friend and lived with him in Hidden Hills when he was on the Rams. So all these little kind of connections more locally were were getting me like a little bit more roped in very, very, very slowly. Like I just never really loved football, to be honest. I just found it to be kind of boring, like 10 yards, start over, 10 yards, start over. Didn't get 10 yards, didn't get 10. I just, I don't know. I didn't get it. But nonetheless, now I am a little bit more jazzed. I finally was watching because I love a good underdog story. And for those of you that don't know, the Detroit Lions had not been in the playoffs for over 32 years. And so what happened was Jared Goff was traded for uh, for Matthew Stafford. And so basically it was a big deal because, and I don't know all the nitty gritty. I'm just giving you a very, very high level summary. So, you know, ask your husband if you need the details. But uh, yeah, so basically the two quarterbacks were traded. So Matthew Stafford had been at Detroit for 13 years or some amount of t- very long time and they were losing the whole time. Then he went to the Rams and then Jared Goff got traded to Detroit and then Matthew Stafford won the Super Bowl, like his first or second year here. And then obviously Jared Goff probably felt bad about himself. And then finally, fast forward to this year, they played each other, the Detroit Lions and the LA Rams at Detroit. And it was a, that was the game I watched. And it was crazy to see because there's this whole long history with the Staffords and Detroit and them loving him. But then there's another even deeper history with Detroit needing to get into the playoffs or advance into the playoffs. And 
you know, they hadn't done it in like 32 years. Sorry, this is like a broken version, but this is like a definite girl summary of like, you know, what the heck's going on in the football world. So here, that's, you know, this is not uh, whatever the news did. This is not, you know, Fox Sports. Okay. So yes, so I was very enthralled. It was a neck and neck game. And I was truly rooting for Detroit and Jared just because of the long history and like the fans and all the things. And Detroit won. And then they went on to play, I think, a game or two. And now they're out. And so now the Super Bowl is in Vegas, which by the way, I have no idea why do they choose a random city like that? Does anybody know? I have no idea. They're playing. So it's the 49ers, San Francisco 49ers against Kansas City Chiefs. But they're playing in Vegas, which sounds like a complete blast to be in Vegas this weekend. But, you know, I'm not. Yes. So we're going to a Super Bowl party and I'm excited about that. And yeah, so that's kind of my football summer. Yay. Yay, football. We did it. <laughs> but I am excited to go. I, I've been kind of enjoying football ever since. And it's so funny because my mom just like quietly was like, I've kind of known this, but like I really started to appreciate it more when she was like, oh, yeah, I'm just sitting on the couch watching my bills. She's from Buffalo, so she loves her Buffalo bills. She loves football. It's the funniest thing. My mom loves football. So, yeah, I feel like I've kind of turned a whole new leaf and like become the cool chick that likes football, you know, between that and like Carter, my son. Like, I feel like I'm a real football mom now. And, you know, I've really enjoyed the entire experience. And I already kind of told you guys a little bit about that. Um, Yeah, the Friday night lights was a blast. We were on two football teams. It was super fun. Um, There was a little bit of drama and stuff like that. Stuff comes up, I think, sometimes with kids sports that we can talk about another time. But all in all, it was a super, super fun time. And I actually really enjoyed watching Carter play flag football. And we were on two teams. We played Friday night and then we played again on Saturday mornings. And the Friday night lights was like freezing and there was like hundreds of people. And it was a scene which we talked about. If you haven't seen the one about the hot moms, you know, I talk about how hot the moms are, the football moms. So anyway, yes. So that has been kind of my road to football and I'm really enjoying football. So yeah, let me know. Are you the cool, are you the cool girl that like loves football? Are you like the, oh good, the men are watching football. I can go grocery shopping and go do my own thing and no one really cares. That's what I want to know. All right. So that's that. I also want to give a quick update on my own little like workout stuff. Like I can't tell you how many people continue to reach out to me. I get at least a couple messages daily saying, what's your goal with your running? Like, I don't have a goal per se. Like, if I have a goal, the goal is to be hot for my 40th birthday in a bathing suit. Because, look, after three kids, it just does not all sit in the right places anymore. I don't know how else to tell it. Like, your clothes fit, but they but they fit a little differently. And, yeah, they it just – your body, like, it just doesn't look the same. Like, even if you're skinny, you're skinny fat, or you have cellulite, or you have this, or you have that – uh, yeah, it's just, it doesn't look right. It doesn't look tight. I don't know how else to describe it. That's, that's really that. Like I've been very firmly embedded and like in love with my, what I dub my mom Keenies, which is a one piece swimsuit. Okay. That's been my mom Keeney for about a decade now. And I'm at the point where I'm like, maybe I should be able to get into like a real bikini at age 40. And like, I'm not dead. Like, what do y'all think? So yeah, that's really my goals. I want to feel and look my best on my 40th birthday and, you know, be healthy and 
just, I don't know. I think it's also the mental health. I, I think as you get older, your kids get older and there's so much going on. It's at some point we've got to say, okay, when do I actually remember about myself anymore? And like my mental health matters, my physical appearance matters, you know, my overall physical health matters, etc. So yeah, that's why I'm running. Abby has been, my running partner is my neighbor, Abby, and she has been away for the last week and it's killing me because it's been like a downpour. So basically our running schedule, I know a lot of you were curious and didn't quite understand it. We go, we run five days a week. We leave every single morning at 6.15, which is when it's dark. And then now it's been lightening up kind of mid-run, which has been kind of interesting. And we started running and it's like 30 degrees, 35 degrees in the morning. Then it's like 40 degrees. And then one day it was 50 degrees. And then all of a sudden it's like raining and pouring and Abby's conveniently gone and like, you know, some fabulous like, you know, Bahamas vacation. And I'm just sitting here like literally running like a wet dog in the rain, like a complete lunatic running around in the rain, six in the morning, like nobody's coming to rob me. No one's coming to harm me because guess what? The robbers, one, are not up that early. And number two, they're not driving around in the rain or at least not where I live. I can tell you that for sure. Now, the little bunny rabbits are around. I haven't seen many coyotes where we live is like, you know, a little bit of like critters and stuff. But for the most part, it's safe. So we we leave at 6.15 in the morning. It's right around our house. It's like 30 minutes maximum. We pick a route that's like huge hills. So it's like very intense. So it's like quick and dirty, hot and nasty, you know? And we just knock it out before it's like the mom rush hour so that by the time we're back, it's like quickly get the kids ready, dressing out the door for school. So that's what we do five days a week. And I've been going even without her, which I'm really proud of and I really don't want to be doing. But I also don't want to start back to zero because you guys know when you start working out, especially if it's cardio, but really any workout, it is the worst to start over. Like, you know, when you're running and you're really out of shape and you're running for the first time and you start to feel that burning like in your chest. If you don't remember what I'm talking about, go for a run and come back to me and you'll totally understand what I'm talking about. But it's just the worst. Like you feel like you're going to die. You you feel like you might actually die. And it's just so, so bad. So why am I running? Because of my fear. I'm afraid to not run at this point. I'm totally afraid. I don't want to start over. And that's kind of that. So, and then two days a week we go and we lift weights. And I have to say, I kept hearing this, but like I actually started doing it. And it was one of my new year's resolutions was to like finally get a personal trainer. I've never had one, like really lean in and like do the thing. And I did. And so we go every Wednesday morning and this is the part that is crazy. So we go at a time that I don't think is that crazy. And then I asked my friends and they were like, what time do you go? And they, no one, no one will come with me except for Abby. So in Abby's absence, I asked a couple of friends, Hey, would you want to come with me? You said you'd be interested. You know, that we go at 545 to 645 because I can't go any, any later because my kids need to get ready and off to school. I can't tell you how many of my friends were like, what time do you go? You leave your house at 530 in the morning and you start working out at 545. And I'm like, I don't think that, I mean, yeah, it's a little early, but it's not like crazy. It's not like three in the morning. I don't know. I was so, maybe, I guess I'm just crazy. I don't know. Or I'm a morning person, but like I'm up at five every day now. I used to, I used to get up at like six, but I guess a lot of you think getting up and going to work out at 545 is absolute insanity, which means I just am going on my own this Wednesday because 
my workout buddy is not available. Um, so yes, that's a question I have. Would you guys work out at 545 in the morning or not? So we work out at 545 on Wednesday morning and we walk, and we also work out at 7 a.m., which is a group class on Saturday morning. So that feels a little too late when you're up at five in the morning and then you go for a 7 a.m. workout. You're like, oh, my God, it's almost lunch. Like you're so like it feels late. So, yeah, so that's kind of that little update. I don't really have any other goals but to like be healthy and be hot. Like it's just not that deep. Um, I definitely don't want to go run a marathon. I don't want to run a half marathon. I'm not trying to race anybody. I don't time myself like none of those things. Um, I do wear a Fitbit, by the way. If you want to track your sleep and your overall like physical activity, definitely go get a Fitbit. And I've worn one for like a decade and they're just awesome. All right. Here is something funny that happened. So sharp right. So it was, we had a very interesting basketball experience with Charlotte. So she had a game at, so normally her games are on like a Sunday morning or maybe a Sunday like mid-afternoon, but usually Sunday morning. Uh, I think we may have had like a Saturday morning game or two. But anyway, so this last week she had a game and it happened to be a Saturday game, but it was at 5 p.m. So that's like kind of bleeding into Saturday night, no? Like Saturday, 5 p.m. Now, look, I'm going to sleep at like 8.30 every single night lately because I'm getting up early. So didn't bother me at all. But nonetheless, we show up to the game. I'm like kind of, I'm the assistant coach technically, but I don't really do all that much, to be honest, just because I really don't know the sport. And I sort of like inadvertently got like voluntold to become the assistant coach so that we could even form this team. And this team was created out of our a, a friend group of ours. So I kind of was like, all right, I'll kind of be the acting assistant coach. But like, meanwhile, we have this like great coach and he's like an ex-pro, I think baseball player or something and totally knows the game. And he's like, no, I got it. So super cool, super nice. Anyway, I guess he thought the game was Sunday at five o'clock, which makes perfect sense. So anyway, what happened is we we're on the way there and Brian starts getting work calls and I got distracted and I made a wrong turn, even though it's literally three minutes from our house. Right. And I make a wrong turn. It delays us like another, I don't know, four minutes. Let's just say it wasn't a big deal, but it was just like annoying. And like we walk into the game at like 457, literally. So it's like a quick warm up at the beginning, but it's not a big deal. So I was like, okay, it's it's not a big deal that we're like barely making it into the game. Well, as I walk up, I'm looking around, I don't see the coach. So next thing I know, the ref is like, the girls are like shooting and warming up like on their own and everyone's kind of like looking around lost. And I'm like, oh, okay, the coach isn't here. They're probably late, like whatever. And like the ref is like looking around like, who's the coach here? And I'm like, uh, I am. <laughs> so... Anyway, yeah, uh, never played a game of basketball in my life. Thank you very much. Don't know the rules. Uh, definitely love to go to the NBA games. If you ever have a chance, go to an NBA game. Those guys are huge. It's super fun to watch. Like, I love basketball, but, like, I don't really know the sport. Like, it's not my sport. Nonetheless, it was like, okay, you're on. It's time to go. Like, okay, who's in? And all of a sudden, I'm like, ah! I don't even know how many. This is so pathetic. I don't even know how many girls for sure I'm supposed to have on the court. So I just simply look at the other team and I'm like, is it five or six girls? Like I have, I don't even know. Okay. Keep in mind, we're halfway through the season. Like I'm an idiot. I, I absolutely should know this by now. And also my kids have been playing basketball for 
several years at this point. So just, you know, full disclosure that I'm being a, a total ditz at this point. So yes, I realize we need to have five girls on the court. We have six total. We're missing three of our players that are very good players. We definitely don't have our coach. I'm just like, fine. I just jump in. One of the girls is like, I want to be out. I'm like, perfect. And then you have to like match up the kids and match up the girls with, you know, whoever they're going to defend. And I essentially did it by height. And the game's on. And I'm just sitting there like, oh, my God, I don't even know what to do for coaching at all. And I'm just standing there like screaming like I always do with the girls, like pass, open up, take a shot, you know, like whatever. Every other parent is screaming at them like it's the same thing. Uh, get, you know, find your man, find your man, girls. Like, don't give him a shot. Like all the big. <laughs> and I'm like, am I doing it? Am I coaching? Um, anyway, so. I'm like, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, is there somebody that is going to text the coach to figure out if he's about to show up or not? Like, this is what we need. We need the coach. So I'm obviously too busy to like, you know, text the coach. And then keep in mind, Brian is there and my mother-in-law and my, or my parent, whatever, we have the whole group. And I look up and like, London is screaming. She is just screaming her head off. And I'm like, okay, just take her out. That's what I'm thinking. But I don't have time, you know, to like deal with her. Brian takes her out, doesn't work. He comes back, brings her to me. I'm like, in the middle of coaching, it's like fast pace, you know, it's loud. There's no backup here. And he's bringing the crying baby to me. And I'm like, Brian, how can I help you? Like, how can I help you? Please let me know if I can be of any assistance to you. I was like literally going to smush his head off. I was so annoyed. Um, so anyway, he's like, I'm like, I looked at him like, take her out. He's like, I'm just, okay, I'm just going to take her home. I'm like, okay, bye. So he takes Carter and the baby home. Done. The other team had our best friend on the team who is amazing. Total beast. We tried to get on her team. Didn't work out in our favor. And I put our best player or one of our best players on her to shut her down, which worked. But then, so we were up, we were ahead, we were doing great. Everything was fine, except for like, you know, I'm internally freaking out because I don't know what I'm doing, but the girls are doing great. Everything's going well. I finally, like during like some break, I was able to quickly be like, coach, are you coming? And then he calls me in the middle of like one of the quarters is like, is the game on? Like, what's going on? I thought we have our game tomorrow. I'm like, no, it's on now. And I'm like in the background, like, go Charlotte, run, you know, and I'm like screaming and he hears, and he's like, oh my God, I can't believe it. Anyway, he's like such a great, such a great dude. So anyway, so he felt really bad. And I was like, no, it's totally all good. It's a Saturday night. I could totally see why somebody would not be able to make it and not and not realize that the game is on. Okay, so that was my big coaching extravaganza. I forgot to tell you that throughout the whole game, our girls are getting tired. We have one sub. And apparently this is the biggest team and the best team. So I found this out after the fact that they had this reputation. And yeah, so it made me feel a lot better hearing that because they ended up crushing us. Our girls got tired and they crushed us. So that was the start and end of my basketball coaching career. And I just, you know what? More than anything, I did not care if we won or lo lost. Sorry, won or lost. It's always, of course, great to win. I'm, I am actually very competitive by nature and I'm I, you know, I played competitively in soccer and in volleyball and all these other sports, but not basketball. And I will say there was one big highlight. So one of the girls, she hasn't taken a shot all season. She's more timid. She's a dear friend of ours. She reminds me a lot of Carter. 
And I just was like cheering her on and encouraging her. And I'm like, dribble, dribble. And she's going for it. And she just, out of nowhere, she starts dribbling. And I'm like, shot, Everly, shot. And she takes a shot. That child gets it in the basket because she has a good shot. And I'm like, I literally lost my mind. And she took another shot. I think she may have taken another two shots or something. It was incredible. And she was like dribbling. It was just amazing. It really genuinely was. So it was just incredible to watch her success and her get confident again and just see her come out of her shell. And honestly, that's what matters. And I do want a whole episode all about just like coaching your kids and like how it's so important to not get lost in the plot. Like we're having a lot of issues with this. We've I've seen a lot of issues. We've experienced it and friends of ours have experienced it where the parents get really caught up. They get really competitive. And I understand like, again, like I do understand, especially when it's your sport and you're putting in so much time and effort and you really want the kids to do well, but like not playing the girls is not, or boys that are, you know, six, seven, and eight years old is just, in my opinion, well, one, it's actually against the rules in a lot of these recreational sports, unless it's like a club sport, which we're not even at yet. But two, it's like, your job is to encourage the kids. That is your job to teach them the game and to get them excited about the sport so that they join again next year. That's your job. Teach them the game, build some confidence, build some excitement. That's it. No one cares if you have the winning team or not. Like maybe two dads care, but nobody else. Like that's, you know, it's just, I don't know. I've seen, I've seen this now too many times where these kids are getting benched because the dads want to win so bad, the coaches. And it's just, I don't know. I don't believe in that at this age. I think if you're in a club sport, that becomes a totally different discussion. That is not at all the same as what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, you know, the five, six, seven, eight-year-old recreational sports that it's like a lot of these kids, maybe they've played for a season or two at this point maximum, but a lot of the kids haven't. I just, I don't know. I have strong feelings and I think that a lot more needs to be said on this topic. And uh, one of my friends might come on and, and chat with us more about it. But I'm going to put up a poll on my Instagram and I want to know if you've had a bad experience with coaches in your sporting events. That's what I want to know. And I also want to say, if you are a coach or your husband is a coach, I want to say shout out and props to your husband. Even if mistakes are being made, I want to say that being a coach is very stressful. It's very time intensive and you're dealing with parents, you're dealing with kids. It's not a paid job and it's a huge responsibility and it's a volunteer position. So I got to say shout out and hats off to anyone that's ever you know, volunteered and raised their hand to coach a child's sport. I would just like to see, you know, a lot more just sensitivity to the kids and like really what this is truly about. That's the main goal. But again, I do thank the coaches so, so dearly for pouring into the children because it truly is a lot of work and a lot of time and effort. All right. Now, the last thing I wanted to talk to you guys about is, dee, 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 oh, the Grammys. So I didn't watch the Grammys, but I did see Trevor Noah's opening remarks. He is so likable. He is so likable. He's so cute. He's so funny. He's so smart. He has a cute little, like, what is it, like, South African accent or something. He is adorable. Like, adorable. I think he's so 
just he's charming he's funny i just i love him i think he's awesome and i really liked what i saw i have to say if you have not seen the grammys opening remarks from him or whatever they call it like go google it it's about eight minutes the funniest thing he's like taylor swift walk by walks taylor swift walks by and he's like, look at this. He was saying like how incredible the room was. Like there was so much talent in that room and there's Meryl Streep and there's this one and that one and Beyonce and Jay-Z and this one and, you know, and all this stuff. And he's like, look at that. And I guess, I don't know if this was staged, but Taylor Swift gets up and like walks across the room. Maybe she had to go to the bathroom or maybe it was part of the skit. And he's like, do you guys see this? Just having Taylor Swift walk by these tables, the local economies of those tables are improving. He's like, look at that. Lenny Kravitz, you just got so much richer. And he was like, he was just saying like, just her presence was like making everybody richer. It was so funny. And then he goes, and it's really not fair that the NFL is targeting Taylor Swift. Like, as if she has control of the cameras. Like, let her live her life. He's like, you know what? I'm going to get them back. I'm going to I'm gonna pan. Anytime anyone says anything about Taylor Swift tonight, I am panning directly to someone that played football. And he pans to, like, this, like, an ex-NFL star or something. And it, it's, it was just, oh, God. It was so hilarious. You have to see it. Also, Miley Cyrus. Hot. So hot. So hot. So talented. Smart. Sassy. All the things. Love it. You can see she's so talented. She's comfortable on stage. She's finally like blossomed into like a young adult where she's mature and confident and like appropriate and like, I don't know, like not cheesy, not over the top for anything in like a negative way. Like I just feel like she's really come into her own and like I'm just so proud of Miley Cyrus. I think she is awesome. I'm a total fan of hers, I have to say now. Not that I really like know her music, by the way, except for like Party in the USA. But I have to say, I really love me some Miley Cyrus. And then obviously Taylor Swift, uh, you know, announcing her new album coming out, Genius Marketing, Genius. I think there was some statistic about her winning album of the year. Like she's like the only person that's like won it four times, I think, in history and like it was like her and three or four others. And like the list was some ridiculous list of people. It was like Frank Sinatra or no, it wasn't. It was, I forget who it was, but anyway, um, anyway, you can look up that stat too, but it was, I'm impressed. I mean, it's impressive. Good. I love it. Good for you, girlfriend. You work. And also I really love that Jay-Z commented about his wife. He's like, he basically was like, yeah, everybody here, just so you know, not to embarrass my wife, but she actually has more Grammys than every single person in this entire room. And she's never won album of the year. And that really doesn't work in terms of your metrics. Like she's gotten snubbed essentially, right? Which is ridiculous. Um, I just love a man that'll stand up for his wife, you know? And then Blue Ivy was there. Beautiful. I don't know how old she is. 13 maybe. She is so beautiful. Oh my gosh. What a stud. What a star. And then Celine Dion was the one that made like a surprise appearance and she has stiff person syndrome. So I guess like it was very surprising that she was there. And I think everyone was just so taken aback. She's just such a talent. She's ugh, incredible. And she presented Taylor Swift her award. And it was just awesome that, you know, that got to happen. And uh, yeah, those were kind of my highlights about the Grammys since I really didn't watch it. But I just saw the highlight re reel and wanted to give you guys a little reaction. Okay. Now my for reals last thing that I was going to share with you is a recipe. So I have to share 
I want to tell you guys when I cook, so I used to not be able to cook at all, at all. And then I started making my mom and my mother-in-law like teach me how to cook for like a family. Like I could cook for like a single girl, but like the bare bones basics. And so when we moved to our house and I finally had a proper kitchen and like space for everybody, I was like, can you guys teach me how to cook steak and chicken and fish? And so I slowly but surely learned how to make everything that I wanted to make. And I still to this day do not like cook like very amazingly. Like I don't cook like complicated recipes and stuff. It's just, it's too labor intensive. And I just like, I don't have the patience. And I like to cook not off of a recipe. I just like to kind of throw it together. And I know that is like the, I feel like you're either the type of person that you have to have a recipe or you never use a recipe. And I am the never use a recipe. My mother-in-law has to follow a recipe exact. And like, she's an amazing cook. My mom, also an amazing cook, never follows a recipe ever. Even if we have a recipe, my mom and I, we never will follow it. Like, except for when it's baking. I've learned that the hard way. If you're baking, you have to follow it exactly. I, yeah, I've messed up. So being like, oh, just like a little bit more flour will be fine. Yeah, you totally screw up the whole recipe. Okay, so shrimp. I'm going to teach you something so simple and so easy for shrimp because uh, I feel like it's something that not everyone likes, but Carter started liking it. And I think it's literally because my mom makes it so bomb, so bomb that he loves it. So all you do is you get large shrimp, not jumbo shrimp. You get a large shrimp from absolutely anywhere and then, and it's frozen. And then you, you thaw it out, you take off the tail, you clean like the veins. And then all you do is you literally do, you put like eight, nine, 10 shrimp or however much you want. Like if it's for one or two people, you know, 10 shrimp probably with like a side of pasta or something is great. And so you take the shrimp after it's like been sitting in a bowl of water and it's kind of thawed out a little bit and you've de- you've cleaned it, you deveined it, you take off the tails, then you throw it in a pan with butter and like a clove or like a clove and a half of garlic, butter and salt, you're done. That is literally all you do and it is the best recipe and it is so fast and you only cook it for like three minutes until it's opaque. So yeah, that is the easiest way to make shrimp. Shrimp, butter, garlic, salt, oh, and pepper. Add a little pepper, not too much, especially if there's kids because then it makes it too spicy. Don't add too much garlic. I did that the other day because I'm like, oh, I love garlic. So does so does our nanny. And like she was going to try it and like it was, it made it, Carter called it spicy, but it just, it ruined it. So don't do that. And then um, if you want, you can make some linguine with it. Ooh, it's so good. And you just mix it all up. Oh, honey, you can even squeeze some little lemon if you're fancy. So, so good. So that is what I have for you guys today. I love you very much. Again, please rate us five stars and follow us, share the show, give us feedback, DM us, let us know what you think. And we will talk to you again soon. Have a great day. All right, that is it for today. Now, as you know, some of our best conversations actually happen after the show. So I want you to find me on Instagram at Kimberly Lovey and let me know your thoughts about today's show. You can screenshot this episode and let us know what your biggest takeaway was and tag me at Kimberly Lovey and we can share it on our stories. I will see you again, same time, same place next week.